episode of The Balance Theory. If it's your first time tuning in with us today, a very warm welcome. Thank you for joining us in our quest to find your unique definition of balance. This week, I'm really excited because we have our first nutritionist and dietitian on the show. Her name is Jen and she works for a company which some of you might have heard of called Equalution. We spoke about so many awesome topics from fad diets to intermittent fasting to whether snacking's bad for you. So put your seatbelt on, sit tight and enjoy the next 45 minutes where I pick Jen's brain and we get some really awesome information into these hot topics. She has warmly extended that if any of you have questions or queries, you can feel free to shoot her a message. So I will link her Instagram in the show notes. But for now, sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I have a very first nutritionist on the show, which is very <laughs> exciting. I've got Jen from Equolution. Yes. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No yes. worries. How's your day going? It's good. It's started out well. Um, it was raining. Now it's sunny. I know. Totally bipolar. That's well. nice. Uh, welcome to Sydney. Right. That exactly. Is, yeah. Constantly what happens. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So tell us a little bit about Jen, the nutritionist. And I guess my question is coming from the point of view, you have nutritionists or I guess people when it comes to diet, you mm-hmm. think you should be eating according to your blood type or your intolerances. <laughs> I guess I just want to yeah. know what your approach to diet and nutrition is. Yeah, so um, I think it's, I, I like to think that I have quite a well-rounded approach in that there's going to be no specific thing that's going to be for every single person. Like there's no one size fits all. Um, it's kind of like when you, to put it into context, it's kind of like when you think of sport, you know, if someone's training to be a gymnast or if someone's training to be a track runner or, you know, they're completely different. So mm. you can't necessarily say that one thing is going to fit all. So when I, you know, when I think of dieting and when I think of how we should approach food and nutrition, I kind of think of, you know, you need to find what fits that individual person because we're all so different and we're all going to require different things. And I also think that, which comes up a lot, you know, with fad dieting and all Which we're going to get stuck into as well. I'm sure, yeah. But um, one thing that I always, I, I always say and I always live by as well is that if you can't picture yourself doing it in 10 years' time, then don't bother starting it. Because yeah, if I love you, that. Yeah, like right. I just think if you don't have that long-term approach and if you don't think of something as being sustainable and if you know it's not going to be sustainable for you, you're kind of already setting yourself up for, you know, disappointment before you even start. So you want to have something that, if you can see this in the long term, go for gold, go for it. And if you can't necessarily see it in the long term, then think, okay, why could that be? What are the barriers between it? Because otherwise it's not going to be successful. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, two things that you mentioned that I really love. And the first is that making changes that, you know, are plausible day to day. There's something that's more of a lifestyle change rather than like an eight week um, amendment that's uh, look I understand people diet to get results but yeah. then I guess when you come off that particular gold track which mm-hmm. is not a, a long-term lifestyle lifestyle kind of plan you really need to make those decisions that okay how can I make this in my diet and yeah. it's funny you say that because I like I eat pretty well during the week you know weekends <laughs> are like going off the chug and yes. you get the cappuccino to the latte extra sugar whatever yes yeah but yep, um, it happens I've been there Don't yeah worry. yeah but um more with like lunches people always mm-hmm. say to me like how do you eat so healthily all the time and I'm mm-hmm. like you have to pick veggies or, or healthy things that you actually like like yeah I cannot eat salads all the time because they just don't fill me and I get yeah 
bored of them. Like, sorry to salad lovers. <laughs> no. But, like, you know, I love pumpkin. And yes. there are certain things that I really enjoy eating. So yeah. I think making it as more of a lifestyle change and so you're actually looking forward to those meals is yeah. definitely a better approach. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know. I completely agree. And I think, you know, life is to be lived and food is to be enjoyed. It's it not is. something that should be boring. Fill your plate up with textures. Fill it with, you know, different colors. Fill it with... I always think, especially when it comes to salads and people think, how do you eat salads? First of all, I don't eat salad every day, yeah. you know, <laughs> despite the stigma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Exactly. I know. Um, I don't have kale smoothies every morning. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I think it's one of those things that you just need to change it up and you just need, you need to spice things up a little bit. Um, and I think the texture is uh, something that I always tell people to build their plate with so you want to have something smooth you want to have something crunchy Mm. you know and also kind of think when you are eating like is this going to satisfy me if I'm having just one big bowl of lettuce mm, maybe it's not going to satisfy me definitely need some olive oil or something (laughs) yeah you need some kind of dressing you need some kind of like protein that's going to then add your satiety have some kind of crunch whether that be from nuts whether that be from having you know like something more crispy in there Mm. whether it's having like a you know a slice of toast on the side whatever, whatever it might be so because, you've got your smooth, crunchy. Yeah. What What are the kind of textures like you would say would be yeah. combined? In? Um, I always kind of like to think cream, crunch, and then something smooth. So when I think mm. of thinking cream, like peanut butter ice, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I, but exactly. Like if you want to start your morning and if you want to have like peanut butter on toast, well yeah. then you've got the smooth from the peanut butter. You have the crunch from the toast when it's nice mm. and crispy. Hopefully not burnt, but <laughs> I mean that's how I like my toast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you can also have something you know smooth on side as well whether that be banana whether it be a little Mm. bit of honey whether you're going to have a drink with it Mm. whether you're going to have you know something else whatever it might be I think that's a great way to kind of think of your meals as think of it not just in numbers and which numbers yes they are important and what you're putting on your plate Mm. is important too yeah but overall I think food and nutrition is just as much mental as it is physical and you have to enjoy what you're having if you're not satisfied by your meal and if you're not yeah. satiated by your meal well then how of course you're not going to stick to it i would be starving too yeah and course. i don't like to be starving i have a big appetite yeah, yeah. no i love yeah. that that's, that's i've never thought of thinking of my plate in terms of textures yeah you know yeah. I, so i love it that's a great point yeah. the second thing you raised that i think ties in so well with our whole theory is yeah. you know that there's no one size fits all diet yeah. for everyone which yeah. is kind of going to lead us into the fad diets but mm. i think it's something really important to remember because yeah. you know these the, these things make headlines your paleo your five two all <laughs> that and you think like yes. should i be trying it should i not but it's really yeah. about just work testing and working out what works for you i think i just think yeah. i mean i'm not the nutritionist here but <laughs> there's so many factors that play into yeah. your diet and it even could be your emotions and mm. your dna and your blood type and all these yeah. different things that i think it's hard to have a diet that's the diet the yeah. one yeah you know. exactly and i think you know there's always a time and place for everything and you know sometimes things will be appropriate and sometimes they're not going to be appropriate that's and that's right. fine you know mm. because it's it's okay and and not one person is going to stay the same for their whole life as well. You know, they could have different goals that they have in mind, whether that be, um, you know, fitness goals, whether they're training for something, whether they need weight loss, whether yeah. it's for just overall a healthy lifestyle. If you get to kind of the later years when you're 50 plus and that's when start, you know, that's when you start to see more chronic diseases and the onset of those. Mm. Well, then, of course, your nutritional requirements are going to be vastly different to what they had mm. been previously. So I think it's always fluid and it's never going to be the same for every person. That's why when you 
when you approach someone or when someone wants to even look into their diet, I always think of it as that, you know, this person needs something that's personalized to them. This person needs something that not only caters for what their nutrition requirements might be, you know, like how much they're eating or what they should be eating, um, but also just their lifestyle. You know, yeah. if you're a, if you're a shift worker, then and you're working overnight well then your meals are going to be so so different to say you know a mom who's got three young kids and going back and forth between Mm. daycare and things like that so there's there's so many things to keep in mind but that's not to say that anyone else is kind of have anyone else has the upper hand over another or that anything can really hold you back it's just a matter of finding exactly what's going to work for you yeah and then working with that and working with people who are going to support that and people who can facilitate that Mm. you know like your diet should fit into your lifestyle you shouldn't have to turn upside down for your lifestyle to fit into some kind of diet because that's not that's not what it is Mm. you know that's not what food and nutrition is to me and I think that when I so um even you know when I so I'm a dietitian now but even the difference between when I was doing nutrition and when I studied that at uni to then when I went on and did my master's to do dietetics I think it's it's really doing dietetics and becoming a dietitian that made me have much more of a well-rounded approach and Mm. thinking you know you need to think outside the box and you need to think out the tiny little dieting square that what people kind of might have thought and it really helped to put things into perspective in a sense yeah and I think that that's when I really really started to learn that you know not everyone is going to be the same and there's no one size fits all you just need to look at someone as a person and not just as a number someone who you know has a life who has context behind them that's why you know you want to know different things about them you want to know a little bit more of their story and then you want their food and nutrition to fit into their story because I'm not there to tell you how to live your life. I'm there to support it and I'm there to facilitate you to be the best that you want to be regardless of whatever that is. Everybody has different goals. You know, what what I want for myself right now is going to be very different to what my grandma needs right now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really, really started to learn. Um, probably more so in the last two years than anything before that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think the whole point of that, it's not a fixed thing. So, Mm. Okay, great. You might work out you have a couple intolerances, but you know, as you go through life, it's it's a it's a matter of constantly being in touch with your body, what it needs. Yes. You might be training more, training less. You know, when you train more, you need more food. That's just how <laughs> energy works. Yes. So yes. I love that. It's about really getting in touch with yourself as you go yeah. and constantly reassessing. Just like balance, it fits in so yeah. well. It, it forms part of the physical yeah. health aspect. Yeah. Um, within the balance category mm. and I love what you said that you need the diet to work with you you don't need yes. to make your life fit into that diet yeah which I think is good because I mean I've done very strict calorie counting before yeah. and I can just tell you headache and <laughs> I was like you know you end up getting stressed out if you're a couple numbers mm. over or yeah. you really try and, and mold your life around the diet and that's just yeah. It's not a nice way to live. Like yeah. I, per- it personally didn't work for me. I'm not yeah. not making a claim here that it wouldn't work for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But in yeah. terms of, I think living a really holistic life, you can't yes. be so fixated on numbers. You know, yeah. you've got to be eating what you enjoy and what gives you the energy at the end yeah. of the day. And I think, like, I I do agree. I think that you know, for for some people, I think it might seem a little bit overwhelming, or I think that it might seem, you know, like it's so far-fetched and something that they're not able to do and it can be quite consuming. I think that when it does, you know, when it does come to calorie counting or when it comes to things like that, I think there's a time and place for it. And I think that whilst it is, it can be very important, especially for new, you know, people who are just starting and aren't, you know, really too familiar with 
the basic principles of nutrition and you know like what is a protein or what's a carbohydrate what's a fat or things like that I think it's a great way to kind of give context to things but I do think that that's when the support for that is so so important and I think that um you know even even in my role now so I've worked for Equilution um and you know for, for some people calorie counting um is seamless and it's almost like you know they jump on board with us and I think wow you're already perfect this is amazing you know like what what more can I do for you but then I also see on the flip side that some people do find it quite challenging and that's why it's so important to then kind of teach okay if this isn't necessarily what's going to work for you then how do we work around that and that's a lot of why um you know why we do also provide the meal plans and why we do also provide other kind of ways to support that is to kind of take a step back of the calorie counting but at the same time also seeing its significance because it's not always just about calories in, calories out and, you know, energy in and calories burned. Like it is, you know, while I think that that is, it is important dependent on what the person's goal actually is. There is so much more yeah. to it too. So I think, you know, you just have to work with, you know, work with people and actually know what their capabilities are. And for some, if calorie counting is not necessarily, you know, what, you want or what you can really wrap your mind around it then once you have the basics then it's it actually can become quite easy and you Mm. start to be a lot more intuitive i think just in the initial stage when it does come to calorie counting you just quite overwhelming exactly and i think that that's when you really really need the support and that's when you need you know help and guidance and things but then you know two weeks in and then you're a counting pro (laughs) exactly yeah and kind of what you said before too which i i i completely agree with too in um having kind of you know the eight-week challenges and um you know the short-term things and, and whatnot and I think as I said there's always a time and place for things and I think it's a great way for people to get started it's a great way for people to get motivated but then when it comes to the end of that block and then you think okay what do I what do I do now and that's when you really really push past that's when you know yeah. you separate the men from the boys and that's when it's kind of you then start to nurture different things and it's not just about an eight-week thing and not yeah you don't necessarily have an end goal it's more like a lifestyle yes keep me going yeah exactly and so that's when the mindset changes so you know while you might have to do your time in the initial phase and while you might have to do all that experimenting and you know kind of getting through that Mm -hmm. then afterwards you really really see you really really see the flourish if you don't have the roots and if you don't have the foundation well how is a flower meant to grow it's impossible so i think sometimes you do want to do your time however that might be and then after that is when you kind of take things to the next level and push it yeah. beyond its limits for sure um, you so are... i want to go into a couple myth busting uh, yes exercise <laughs> i want to do a quick true or false i'm going to throw some things yeah. out you that i think but yes. you did kind of already answer one and that was is it always calories in versus calories out true right. or false um or maybe with a comment <laughs> okay i would say i'm gonna say true but with comment so yes. i think it is about what you're putting into your body and it's also about how much you're exerting. So yeah. if you're eating too much and you're a couch potato all day, you know, that might not be the best. But then again, it's also like, you know, our body has amazing metabolic processes and mm. how we metabolize things and how, you know, we, I guess, digest and how, you know, food then becomes energy and how your muscles grow and how your brain functions and how you blink and yeah. all of these different things. So it's not just about, you know, calories in, calories out. I think it's also about what you're having too. Two people could be eating the exact same things, but then their body composition could be vastly different. And break it down completely. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think, yes, it is important about, you know, kind of the your overall intake and, yeah. and what you're having, but 
it's also so so much more so i don't want to sure. yeah, yeah yeah it's a it's a yes with uh, an asterisk exactly it's you know Perfect. as per terms and conditions <laughs> that's yeah. it that's it all right the next one is carbs make you put on weight true or false 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 I mean, Absolutely. I knew that, but I would yeah. love you to explain it a bit. Because I think it, it's yeah. really a common misconception. Yes. Um, you've got something like a ketogenic diet, which is super mm-hmm. low carbs. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question is, you know, a lot of people are scared of carbs. Let's, yes. let's face the reality of it. Like, why yeah. should they not be scared? Yeah. Um, I think I, I agree. So many people are scared of carbs and so many people seem to think, you know, like, oh, I don't eat carbs or I can't have that. I'm going to put on weight or I'm going to, you know, do all of these different things. And that is completely not true for starters carbohydrates are your body's first energy source yeah. it's what your body clings to, to to blink for your brain to function it's it's the only like your your brain needs carbohydrates just to function so if yeah. you want to live on a physiological level you need carbohydrates yeah. so do not be scared of them yeah i think it's not so much about what car like it's not about carbs it's about what types of carbs are you actually having is it the refined carbs or yeah is it, yeah exactly and there's a time and place for everything you know like i always think it's about what you do all the time it's not about what you do sometimes if you know over the week like we were saying before you know you're kind of eating fairly well and you're having you know your breads you're having your good cereals you're having your fruits you're having your veg um you're having you know your rice whatever kind of grains that you like and then on the weekend if you want to go on a sunday morning and have a you know an almond bacon croissant and a bacon and egg actually roll. that's better i like the almond croissant better i agree i agree you <laughs> you're know, gonna go I, hard you go all <laughs> exactly that's what sundays are for who diets on a sunday but um i think that you know it's just about your overall quality and it's about the type so i definitely don't think you ever need to be scared of of carbs not for males not for females as well i mm. think um uh, more so the stigma is for for females well i find anyway is that females seem to think that you know if i'm eating carbs i'm going to put on i'm going to put on fat or i'm going to put on weight because mm-hmm. our metabolism isn't quite as quick as what a, my, a, a male might be yeah and that's simply not true you know like we have hormones and we have body systems that require carbohydrates and require those kinds of things mm-hmm. again it's just about how much you're having and what of that you're actually yeah. having rather than to say you know no i can't have that at all so yeah. no Carbs it's do not like that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I love yes. that because, you know, hot chips are, are, are pretty are good every now and again too. No, but it's, it's good. To, everything in moderation, right? It's, yes. it's not about too much or, or not enough of anything. It's, yeah. it's all in moderation. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Last one is snacking is bad. True or false? False. False. I, yeah. No, <laughs> a false. Um, I think for some, and again, again, it comes down to the fact that so many people will have so many different needs in terms of their food and nutrition, but um, I, snacking is, is not bad. If, if snacking doesn't work for you and you're kind of a person who prefers to have larger main meals um, and maybe, you know, not snack so regularly, that's more than fine. Um, but if you're someone who, like me, I'm, I'm a snacker, I enjoy having, you know, something with my coffee in the morning or, you know, yep. mid-afternoon, I'm going to have a little 3 p.m. pick-me-up or yep. something like that. So, and, and that's all fine too. Um, and also as well for some even health conditions and just medical conditions, yep. having regular snacks is actually important for you. So for people, you know, with diabetes or people with, um, you know, reflux or any, any kind of there's you know there's so many conditions yeah exactly but no i don't think snacking is is bad if it works for you it works for you it's when it becomes 
kind of like picking and snacking at different like things maybe like a replacement for boredom or yeah exactly yeah. and when it's more of like a habitual thing rather than a, you know i'm hungry, I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah do you think that if you're snacking you would need to like for example you eat x amount of calories a day not that you count but generally speaking you mm-hmm. know how much you eat in a day if you were to say have snacks would yeah. you then be suggesting that people reduce their main meals or you just think if you're hungry eat um, I, I would I would probably say that, you know, if you are having snacks throughout the day, depending on what they are and depending yeah. on how many they are, then yeah, maybe you probably wouldn't spread need as out Yeah, or, spread yeah. it out. You wouldn't need as much in your main meals to kind of fill you up because then if you say, um, you know, yeah, have your main meals and then snack as you please, then that's when things kind of can go off the bandwagon. Yeah. Because, you know, once once the bag of Maltesers opens, it's, it's going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, like I think it's all things in moderation and it's just yeah. how you balance it. And it's just about knowing, you know, what your needs are versus what somebody else's is. So, yeah, yeah. if you are snacking regularly throughout the day, that's fine. But maybe, you know, lighten on your main meals just so you're not overdoing things. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that kind of pulls us nicely into the topic of fad diets. Uh my um, favorite. <laughs> your favorite. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we can chat about it for you. But mm. but fad diets, what, what do you think of them? Um, I, I mean, this is probably very dietitian of me, but I'm not a fan of them. Yeah. Um, just because of the fact that I just think they're not sustainable. Um, and I also think that there's no the, – the basis of them is not – a it's not significant enough for me to be able to support that and say, oh, yeah, okay, go for gold. You know, like, as I said, if you can't picture yourself doing something in 10 years' time, then don't start it now. And I for think sure. that's what a lot of fad diets are. And when you get to the nitty-gritty of all these different fad diets, really, it always comes down to the fact that they end up bringing your overall intake down and they always bring you down into a calorie deficit, regardless of what that is, whether it's paleo, whether it's keto, whether it's... Um, the 5-2, five five two, yeah. yeah, the Fast 800, where, you know, the gut cleansing or the yeah. detox ones or whatever it is. Ultimately, regardless of what they all are, they may lead to weight loss in the short term, but not necessarily in the long term. Yeah. But it's just because the overall calorie value of it is less than what it was before. If you take away an yeah. entire food group, whether that be, you know, keto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So whether that's keto that says, you know, absolutely no carbohydrates. Well, taking out a whole food group, of course, your intake is then going to be reduced. Completed, yeah. Exactly. Or whether you go for, you know, something like paleo and it then takes out several different things. Mm. Again, same thing. You're eating less. And so in the short term, yes, you might lose weight because you're in a calorie deficit. But in the long term, even when you look at different studies and when you look at long term things, you know, the faster people lose something, then usually the faster it they comes gain back it on. Back. And yeah. that's what I found in my experience doing a bit yeah. of PT as well. Like, yeah people doing eight-week challenges, there's yeah. there's very minimal uh, challenges that I've seen that ease people into it and ease people out of it. It's kind of okay. like start, stop. Yes. Maybe I've seen really bad ones. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. you know, if you're just making drastic change, three meals a day, completely different, mm-hmm. you're onboarding all this stuff you've never eaten before, and then yeah. as it finishes, you kind of ease back into old habits, then yeah. it's just going to be an eight-week stint and yeah. then yeah. kind of fade out the door. So mm-hmm. do you think that fad diets are better viewed as – eight-week programs in a way like if I guess if you have a specific goal or you feel like you need a cleanse or you want to test if more of a ketogenic diet works for you it's yes. better to view it as a temporary trial I yes. suppose rather than I'm going to do this for the rest of my life yeah and I yeah exactly and I think that that's what a lot of 
that's what a lot of fad diets actually are is that they are in the short term and they're not long-term things and it's because again the same thing it has a one-size-fits-all approach and it's that you should do this and you should do that and you know what that's not going to work for everybody if you are you know a, a mom and you have three sons who are all footy players or something and then all of a sudden you can't eat carbs do you think they're going to go and train and they're going to be able to perform if they're not having enough you know food in the house and then you think okay well then this mom has to make one meal for her and then she's got to make another set of meals for the rest of her family and it's just not it's really not sustainable and that's when dieting becomes hard and so that's why you have to understand so so much more about the person and you need to be able to cater for the needs of that individual and what their lifestyle actually is so when you look at fad diets they don't do those things and Mm. they kind of you know put everyone in the same bracket and we're not all in the same bracket so we're not exactly so i think that yeah when you say you know if they're kind of like an eight-week challenge or kind of a short-term mindset then that's exactly what they are yeah so then you need to kind of think to yourself okay are my needs or are my goals at the moment are they long-term or are they a short-term approach because you know, all good things come with time. Rome was not built in a day. And, and that's the same. How we nourish ourselves is not built in a day. Yeah. And I think, you know, programs and, and things like that, I think they're a great starting point for some people, depending on what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it can be kind of like a nice, encouraging boost. But then you're right. You need you need that aftermath. You need that, okay, so how am I going to sustain this? How do I take yeah. this from being, you know, a fresh summer bod and my, you know, <laughs> New Year's, six pack. <laughs> exactly. And you know, my like new year's resolution. Okay. How do yeah. you sustain that then after February and how does that then become a, a, a lifestyle and how does that become like in yeah. your daily routine? I think, um, I think that's actually a good way to look at it. So for anyone listening, I guess if you have a think about what are your short term goals and what are your mm-hmm. long term goals and yes. then consider how your diet plays into that. Yeah. If your short term goal was to lose five kilos and I suppose going on an eight-week program with one of those fad diets Mm. or something that's a bit more restrictive is probably necessary because you need to be stricter on your food and you need to watch, um, like, you know, there's probably a couple changes there that need to help you get to that goal. But it's it's about life beyond that too. It's about, okay, what's your long-term goal? And then how do you ease out of your short-term goal into your long-term goal, which I think Mm -hmm. in a lot of those diets is the aftermath is just forgotten and left to the wayside. Yeah, and I think one kind of, a common scenario which I think really sums it up perfectly is um, in the lead up to a wedding. Someone's mm-hmm. getting, someone's gotten engaged. They, Bride, you this know, one's for you. Uh, exactly. Yes. You know, I want to fit into that dress and I want to, you know, do this, this and this, and maybe it's only a few months away. And so, okay, for that person, yes, they might put their all into something and they might think, you know what, when the camera comes on me on game day and when I'm walking down the aisle, I'm going to feel my best from the inside out and, and credit to you. So you yeah. should, you should feel the best ever on your wedding day. Yeah. Um, and so for someone who is in that kind of scenario, okay, yeah, maybe their goals are more in the short term and so you know they want to do something like um, a little bit more drastic still within your means mm-hmm. and you know it still shouldn't be something that you can't enjoy life you know between yeah. eight weeks out from the wedding You're bringing your tuna and rice to dinners and- yeah no i don't think that would fly well with the in-laws so let's not start that um especially if they're wog uh, oh my family please oh, yeah that's another story for it's another, another podcast day. exactly um but you know so in the short term yes it might be that and then it might take you to you know your wedding day and you're feeling amazing and things but then after that, what happens then? What happens What's then? The exactly. And that's when you then start to think, okay, well, these are my long-term goals because after, you know, after that point, then you want to think, okay, well, if you're at home and then you're going to start building a family or whatever it is that you might want, mm. then 
all of the lifestyle things and all of the habits that you've built, okay, how do you then nourish that and how do you then grow that into something more extensive or something more in the long term? And then that's when it becomes more of a long-term approach of things. So I think, yeah, there's always a time and place for certain things. Sometimes some things might be short-term and that's perfectly okay. You know, I have that wedding scenario, but then I also have someone who say they have an upcoming surgery for whatever it might be. Um, And kind of this goes more in the nitty gritty of dietetics really. No, bring it on. You know, um, for example, if someone is having bariatric surgery, so bariatric surgery, um, there's uh, so many of them, but the most common ones are when people get um, a band around their stomach to help them lose weight. And this is very drastic measures. There's lots of things. This is very, very on, you know, the far end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, when... If in the lead up to that surgery, then they do need something more intensive and they do need something a lot more restrictive to be able to get to that point. And then you get to that point and then you think, okay, sure, that was my short term goal. Now, what do we do from here? Yeah. And after a big surgery like that, then you start to think, okay, you've had this. Now it's time to make this a lifestyle decision. Yeah. Now this is time to start looking at different habits and looking at different ways of viewing your food and nutrition. And so, as I said, like, you know, there's always a time and place. So while something could be great in the short term, then separate that from the long term and think mm. once you get to that goal, okay, where do we go from here? What do, what do we want to do from mm. here? And I guess yeah. it's also like, okay, this is working for me now. I've got a great routine, but you know, yes. in 10 years down the track that yeah. you've got to be open to the fact that it might not be the same yes. because I mean, and this could mm. be another like myth, but <laughs> down, like as you get older, you lack the enzymes to break down dairy more and more. Is that a truth? That's not a truth. No, oh, my bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's that's okay. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's no. I Like, as you get older, your body definitely works differently. Yeah. And yes, your metabolism might be slower and certain processes might be a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, but in terms of enzymes and intolerances and, and things like that, not necessarily. Really, when you're born with something, you're born with something. Maybe you won't be able to tolerate things as well, but think of it also... Just think of it like taste buds. When you're five, you know, you might hate something. And then when you're 17, you Coffee. then might love it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like red wine. Yeah. The tolerance gets bigger and bigger as the years go by. But, you know, even I, I think of myself and yeah. when I was, you know, when I was little, I hated eggs. The thought of them made me nauseous i thought there is absolutely no way anything egg is going near my plate tantrum coming that's my on. best friend too she's the same oh awful and you know but now i love them and now i have them regularly and who knows what it's going to be in 10 years yeah. time maybe i'll hate them again yeah. i have no idea but so how do you yeah. explain like intolerances that seem to come out of nowhere yeah um i think intolerance is always a big one that i always do get asked about and there's a lot of um myth around it and you know if something does come on and eventually you know you're not able to handle it as well um then it could just be either something else that's going on emotionally in your life or it could be something else in your diet that you're eating or it's just not the right choice or not the right quality i think you know the number one thing that i always get is that um you know i can't have dairy or i can't have lactose or uh, yeah exactly any of those things but the second someone whips out a chocolate or you know I I can't I can't have milk but I can have chocolate and I'm thinking that doesn't really make sense that is so funny you say that because I'm like if I have a whole coffee with like full cream milk I do feel a bit like can't Mm -hmm. do this but when I have an ice cream like 
Yeah. I feel amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And Although, like, I don't avoid dairy, but I do yeah. feel as though I might have a, more of an intolerance. But that's, yeah. that's interesting yeah. you say that. It's probably more of a load thing rather than, um, a, you know, something that you actually can't live without. Because when you do have an intolerance to something, um, everyone... So there's a difference between an allergy and an intolerance. A t- an intolerance is kind of what's suggested by the name. So it's how much you can actually tolerate. And for some people, that's more and some people, that's less. So sometimes it's just an overall load. And I do find that a fair bit with um, dairy, that if you're having, you know, lots of really, really heavy creams and lots of really, really heavy milk and things Mm. like that, if you're having too much of it, sometimes it doesn't sit well, you get a bit bloated, you feel funny. But then when you think about it, if you go out and you have a really massive meal, you come home, you feel a bit lethargic, you feel a little bit bloated. Again, it's the same Overload. Exactly. It's an overload. So it might not necessarily be that. It could just be the overall load that you're having, maybe the quality of it that you're having, but it might not necessarily be a set allergy or an intolerance. An allergy is something that you have an immune response. So, um, you know, people who are allergic to peanuts or shellfish, for example, are quite severe. So they would have rashes they would get hives you know it's, it's really quite serious stuff mm. whereas if you have an intolerance it's that um and it can vary between people it you know some people could have something straight away and then immediately get symptoms and mm. be running to the bathroom sorry to bring that up yeah it happens <laughs> <laughs> it happens um <laughs> you know or they could be getting really really bad bloating or if they have you know like a little bit here and there it seems to be okay and then if they have too much then it's yeah. really quite uncomfortable so it's one of those things that it's just about finding you know Your how much you place. can handle yeah, yeah exactly that's a good way to look at it too like intolerance is a spectrum i suppose yes and it's, you can either handle a lot or a little bit and yeah. that, that would explain why sometimes mm-hmm. some things seem to go down well and others don't and I guess yeah. some are more a heavier or exactly or and sometimes it can be quite psychological too mm. um, I'm definitely no psychologist I I that is not my expertise whatsoever um, but it one, does go hand in hand it, exactly I agree and I always say that nutrition is just as much mental as it is physical for so many different things in mm. one area that um, I'm particularly interested as well is just the brain gut access and how the mm. two kind of link with one another and you know like that's that's uh, definitely another podcast yeah oh yeah it's definitely another and i don't even know enough about it yet so i'm you know growing in that field but um i also think that you know sometimes it can be a a psychological thing that if you tell yourself something's going to make you unwell or if you tell yourself you know this is going to be too much i can't have this you know it's kind of like is it are you actually feeling sick or is it nerves and it's those yeah Yeah. exactly that's funny because when i was doing that serious calorie counting like Mm -hmm. when i knew it was outside of my range i already felt sick thinking about it and then i had to i actually had to stop calorie counting because i just didn't have a healthy relationship with it and i see so many people that calorie count works for them (laughs) because they have they know exactly yes. what they're putting in their bodies but for me I felt yeah. quite restricted and yeah. I've just developed a really unhealthy relationship with food so that's when I yeah. pulled away and said yeah what foods do I actually enjoy yeah that fit within yeah the ideals of what I want to be eating yeah. and, and what makes me feel good exactly and like and as you said that like, can you hit the nail on the head that it's you know it's about having a healthy relationship with your food and it's about having a good relationship with what you're eating and how you're eating and if something is uncomfortable for you then work on your relationship first. Go back to the basics. Go back to your basic foundations. And I think as well, you know, for for you know, like young females like you and I, like we are healthy and we are fine. And you know, that's one of the things that also when I said I did dietetics, it really put things into mm. perspective. 
And sometimes we can be so, so hard on ourselves too that, you know, if you had to take a step back, then that's okay because you're more than fine. You know, like you're active, you're healthy, like this kind of an outsider looking yeah. in on your life as if I know. You but... know what I ate last night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, so, and, and, and that's more than fine yeah. to do. You know, it's one of those things that it's just, it's a really individual thing and you need to yeah. be able to develop a good relationship with your food and nutrition it's, and that's when it becomes fun yeah, i'm a foodie is. i love food I, if someone talks about ice cream wow i'm immediately happy i'm happy <laughs> now thinking about it so no know. but it's that's right and you know you want to be able to go to have that bowl of pasta or the burger like you exactly. want to be able to enjoy it. it's a social thing yes. it's you know yes. it's an emotional thing as well like yeah. you've got to have that relationship where you can say i deserve that or i want that and i'm going to have it because it makes yeah. me feel happy it's yeah. not about did I train hard enough yeah. to eat that? And like, you shouldn't have to feel guilty. That's about, right. You should not have to feel guilty about your decisions or about your choices if they're in kind of moderation and it's all in context, you know. Yeah. Like, um, I think you mentioned it before that it's right, you know, like food is a social situation. And, you know, even when I look at my life and I look at my family who are social butterflies, food is a massive part of what we do. It's a massive part. You know, like we have family barbecues, come one, come all. It's yeah. either you know, 40 people there or there's zero people there. It's in Salo either way. Oh, please. My dad's a Salo. Oh, yeah. yes. That's, 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 yeah. I'm that's expecting an invite to the next one. <laughs> I actually did tell him, I said, oh, I'm coming to a podcast. It's half Argentinian. And yeah, don't worry. My dad sends his apologies. So I'm going to... No worries. I'll wait for the invite. Uruguayans and Argentinians are crazy. But, um, you know, exactly. And food is a massive part of culture and it's a massive part of social events. And you don't want to have to pull out of that. You yeah. don't want to have to feel nervous going into those situations. That will just play more into your emotional as well on exactly. top of everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you really can have your cake and eat it too. Just maybe, you know. In moderation. Exactly. How much cake are you going to have? That's so. It, that's it. <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to dive into was yes. a topic of intermittent fasting. And it's something yes. I'm particularly quite interested in because okay. I have tried it in the past mm-hmm. and I've actually found it to be really really beneficial mm-hmm. I didn't do it every day because I, I felt in the start so if anyone doesn't know what intermittent fasting is yeah. it's basically when you extend the period from when you last eat to when you eat again so I was doing I was trying to go for 16 hour windows so I was okay. doing no later than 8 p.m. the night before and yeah. then I wouldn't eat till midday mm-hmm. and the way I did it was I would go to the gym I would do a lunchtime class and eating on a 16-hour fasted window, I just found... I don't know if it was placebo, but I honestly <laughs> felt like I had kick-ass energy. Like, I felt really alive. And then when I ate, you know, I, I sort of... Then I didn't do it the next day. I maybe did it twice a week, and I found that really worked for me. I don't do it now, but I'm just curious into yeah. the process of intermittent fasting from your professional point of view. Yeah. What do you think are the benefits, if any? And, um, you know, is it just another fad, or is it yeah. something, like, good that people could try? Um, with intermittent fasting, I think it's definitely getting a lot of hype at the moment. Um, and in, in my view and in my perspective, I do kind of categorize it as more of a fat diet and something that again, you know, like you're not going to live your life like that in 10 years time, you're still Mm going to be eating in that certain sense. So in, in that respect, I would categorize it as more of a, a fad diet and more of something that, um, is, is a short term approach to things. Um, in terms of that, it, you know, I, I think it's great that you had, you know, so, so much energy on it and that you were feeling really good. I think, you know, breaking it between days probably would have helped with that as yeah. well. Um, I think if you're going for prolonged fasting yeah, periods. Yeah, probably couldn't for, do it every day. Yeah, like, yeah. So if you're going for prolonged fasting periods, um, you know, each and every day, then it will, it will start to take its toll. Whereas if you're breaking it up, the human body is amazing and we can bounce back from things. So, you know, breaking those days up is probably what did help from it. 
Um, with intermittent fasting, I don't necessarily think that it progresses anyone in any other way than another kind of diet, diet would. Yeah. Um, I think if people say, you know, they lost, they saw results really quickly and, um, you know, dropped all this body fat and, and things like that. Well, because you're restricting the amount of hours that you're eating, you're immediately Probably eating less. Exactly. You're eating less. Um, well, I was finding yeah. that. And I actually know someone who did yeah. one meal a day. So they would pack all the calories and eat it over a two hour window. And I just felt like even though I hadn't eaten for a longer period of time and yeah, mm-hmm. I got hungry. Like, I mean, hunger is all in your mind anyway. You, yeah. you can switch it off very quickly <laughs> when you're busy. But, yeah. but you know, like you can only eat so much in one sitting. Exactly. Like yeah. I could not like managed to mm-hmm. I, I honestly ate less as well yes but yeah. um yeah the point of view that mm-hmm. i read a lot about and the reason yeah. why i wanted to try it was that they say you know you overnight you your body goes into the detoxifying and cleansing yes. process and yeah. so by fasting you're only extending that yeah a little bit longer yeah. and so i felt yeah. like you know yeah. is that a benefit of intermittent fasting as well yeah i think that's that i do think that is a benefit so i think um, it, it's it's true that your overnight your body does have a lot more time to recover and replenish itself and to burn um, you know off all of the things that it has mm. to it's it's kind of like um, for the ladies out there who are into skincare and things like that you know there's a lot of you know, your your skincare routine overnight is very different to during the day because your body regenerates itself overnight um, and so having that break between your meals and having that um, time for your body to allow to metabolize things and to digest things is quite beneficial for you so. In a sense, I do think that having that time period is is great and we do all need it. Um, does it have to be extensive and does it have to be for, say, you know, for more than 12 hours? Maybe not necessarily. It really yeah. depends on the person. So, for example, like someone, a diabetic, something like that for them could actually be quite harmful because yeah. they, you know, their blood sugars are very different to the average person. But again, same thing. That's, you know, kind of on the, the far side of the spectrum. But... Um, well, it yeah. is it is important to consider because all these yeah. fad diets, you you know, assume I'll just give it a go and see if it works. But if yes. you do have these underlying health issues, yeah. and it, it is something you need to think about, like it's yeah. not necessarily going to work yeah. for everyone, and exactly. it could be dangerous. So yeah. definitely, I would mm. suggest getting professional advice before yeah. trying a fad diet. If anything, I, yeah, I would too. And as I said, you know, even though me personally, I'm not a massive fan of, of fad diets and fat and and diets who put the blame on a certain nutrient or who put the blame on something because there's no blame on anything there's no there's no guilt if you want to have something you know you have it just don't make it a daily occurrence and Mm. so you know there's good and bad for everything and with intermittent fasting i think the good thing is that it encourages people to let the body rest and you know if you do have that that break between your meals then then that's a good thing obviously we don't want people grazing and snacking overnight because Mm. your body's not using up that energy yeah um and you don't like going to bed you know at whatever time you go to bed if you've just had a massive meal right beforehand you feel a bit gross you feel a bit bloated a bit Mm. lethargic you don't sleep as well you're not you know your body is still kind of trying to keep up with it all so having that break yes i do think is beneficial does it have to be extensive maybe not it you know it just depends but if it works for that person and if it makes them feel good then great and then when it doesn't make you feel good then you change it up again that's it it's all about trialing what works for you taking a little bit of this one a little bit of that one (laughs) finding your routine and again i think the biggest takeaway, which I love what you said, is is are you going to, can you see yourself doing this in 10 years from now? Yeah. Obviously, within perspective, because things are going to change drastically, but yeah. can you see this as a lifestyle that yeah. you can daily live without, you know, having to 
manipulate yourself so much to fit the diet like yeah. can it just fit and work with your routine so yeah. i think that is exactly. a lovely point to end on and i just <laughs> yeah. i love there's so many things that you've said today so i can't wait for everyone to hear everything but <laughs> okay well, don't be scared yes. of carbs <laughs> no don't be scared of carbs i am not believe me love love a good pasta and red wine on a saturday oh, night beautiful. that is where i am <laughs> amazing and and yeah just just be weary of those fad diets and if it is something you do want to try then definitely seek professional advice from someone so knowledgeable such as yourself um, but we will provide um yes. links to links. yeah well for me for you know my the company that i work for too or you know you can always just send me a message i i'm a nerd i love talking about <laughs> these things so don't you know feel free to reach out to me or um you know have any questions and things i'm as i said the company that i work for i love and i'm always behind behind there as well so you know reach out to to me or to us or yeah they, they yeah. actually have re- i've been following um their page evolution <laughs> page yeah. for so many years back when they you know when they were just starting and they yeah. had the comparative photos mm-hmm. and loved the whole concept so yeah. definitely check them out I'll, I'll pop a link in the description below as well yeah. as jen's instagram but yeah. i just want to thank you so much for your time oh thank you it's been really me. fun and yeah, and i've learned really heaps fun. and you know it's good to know that i might not be intolerant as i think uh, might be on exactly. the lower spectrum i think i am i'm gonna get ice cream after this <laughs> it's okay you know what though a lot of people do say that coffee it, it's kind of like the maybe it's just the coffee caffeine thing that i think it could even well. be the heat yeah. with like when dairy is heated because i feel like when yeah. it's in pastas too it doesn't sit well with me but yeah. anything cold i'm like it's okay yeah yeah i don't know i, I mean i don't know i, I we should do know. a study on it yeah <laughs> like my chemistry is good but it's not that good so <laughs> so uh, we'll make it a wip <laughs> yes exactly exactly uh note yourself <laughs> Alrighty, guys yes. until next time stay balanced And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode helpful in helping you steer your direction of balance or working out what that might look like today. If you want weekly reminders when the episodes come out, feel free to jump on our website and subscribe to our mailing list. I promise we'll only be sending you the good stuff. And if you're on a platform such as Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review or rating, it would be most helpful not only to us, but for future listeners who might find the show helpful as well. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and until next time, stay balanced.